0: Hey friends, welcome to Holy Girl University. It's your girl, Amina Fuller. Grab your notebook, an iced latte, and a Bible, because class is in session at HGU. Let's talk about singleness and why this topic. So, personal opinion, but there's a big difference between getting advice from a mom of four, you know, telling you what a blessing your single years are and how you should enjoy them than someone who is in the same season as you. Now, we need to have advice, but I hope you find this a little bit more relatable. And that's why I think the Lord is having me make this episode. I've had so many conversations with people about this topic Recently, And I've been praying and researching this episode f- into this episode for a while. So let's get into it. Let's talk about waiting. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And I guess that means that there is a season for waiting too. And if there is one thing that I've learned in my almost one year of being saved, is the fact that God can and God will use everything. No time is wasted. Your single season isn't a wasted season. So let's talk about how to grow in your season of singleness. I believe that sometimes when we are single for longer than we desire to be, a little fear begins to creep up in our hearts and it's fear that God has forgotten about us. And so if anybody is feeling that, I just want to speak this verse over you right now. It's Isaiah 49, 15 through 16. It says, Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. So, I remember when I got saved and the transition from just wanting a man to a man of God. I went from like, I don't care what religion, he just has to be cute, you know, Nice and preferably over six feet. To, like, I want a man who goes to church and bonus points if he loves Jesus. To, I need an on-fire, born-again man of God who can lead me and love me like how Christ loves the church. And a list of things tucked into a notebook somewhere. Um, and before I got saved in 2022, I had just gone out of a really weird situation with this guy who I thought that I was gonna marry. And I thought he was the one for me. And God clearly showed me that he was not the one. Um, and that left me, like, in just an emptiness and, like, just, like, a craving for a relationship. Like, I just wanted to fill that void. So a month or two after I was saved... I was asking God for a Christian boyfriend, and I wish I could just go back and tell myself, like, girl, you're not ready for a relationship right now. And, you know, I felt so lonely, and I was looking for fulfillment in a void that only God can fill, and healing that only God could bring. And when God didn't bring me the man, (laughs) um... I just looked around and found men, not men of God, <laughs> just men, that I could settle for. You know, kind of like a salvation product project. Like, you know, like, maybe one day he'll be Christian, he needs Jesus, and yeah, like, um, and, you know, those plans, they failed miserably. But I believe now that there was grace and protection in that and i've learned that man's rejection is god's protection and often it's like a situation where you're like you i can date this person but should i like you can date this person but should you that's a question i think you should have in the back of your mind it's like should you and i think that like we have to prayerfully consider And respond to that question like, I know I have free will, but should I? Romans 8, 18 says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. And I want to tell anyone, everyone who's going through a situation like that, that what you're going through right now might be hard, but the glory to come, the glory of trusting God with every detail of your life is just... Far better, greater, and more beautiful than you could have ever imagined. So anyway, I was looking for validation in the wrong sources. And I just wanted a man. Like, <laughs> like, if you asked me why, I probably couldn't give... I could give you a reason that would make you just nod your head and say, yeah, but it wasn't a good reason. Because I just wanted him just like as like a checklist off my list. a che- Like a box to check. 19 years old. Sitting in my college dorm, and being like, am I ever going to find the one? I'm like, babe, you're 19 years old. Like, you're 19 years old. Like, that's just a lie from the enemy. Anyway, so... Um... I, as I said, I began to learn that man's rejection is God's protection, and so... Like in Genesis 50 fifty twenty, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned around and used it for my good. And I realized that what I needed was a man of God. <laughs> and I kept on searching. And God was very patient with me. And finally, after much grace and external reminders, I realized that I was searching for all the right things in all the wrong Places is this man willing and able to lead me right? Will this man push me and bring me closer to Jesus right? Is this man like going to make me more like Jesus right? Is this man going to help me build the kingdom? Is this man like you? You have to begin to ask yourself those questions, and often if the answer is no to one or more then the question surfaces resurfaces of, like, am I dating for potential? And that's a really tricky one because often we know not to date for potential until we see potential in someone and we like their personality and we want to date them. And it's like, well, you know, like, uh, I just want to take them to church. And, you know, when he goes to church with me, then it's like, Let's just let God do his part. Because girl, God, like we are not powerful enough, right? Like if god if it's God's will, right? If it's God's will, it will happen. Okay, here is a good tip and something that I did pretty earlier on in my waiting season. Um, and that I would suggest everybody to go out and do if you're believing for a kingdom boyfriend, kingdom girlfriend, kingdom spouse, okay? Go out, ladies, go out and learn what a kingdom man learn learn what a man of God is biblically. Like, learn what a biblical man of God should be, right? Make a list, write those things down, right? He should be humble, right? Write those things down. And then, like, once you have a good understanding of that, write down, like, things that you want to. Like, for me, I'm like, Lord, please, like, let him be funny. Like, like, personality traits, you know, on, and also, if, if you like, physical traits, because we all have our preferences. And some. Psalm 30, Psalm something. It says that if we delight in the Lord, and I'd encourage you, if you think you know what delight means, look it up and learn about it. God will give you the desire of your heart, right? The, the desires of your heart. And God actually put his will within our hearts too, which is incredible, and wrote his word on our heart. Um, so delight in the Lord and ask him for ask him for guidance, ask him to like put things on your heart, certain qualities, certain personality traits. Okay, let's take a little gear shift and talk about healing. In your single season, I think it's really important for us to get to know the love of the Lord on a deeper level. We need to know God as our healer. I believe that being in relationships um, can accentuate trauma sometimes and, and these problems instead of healing them, which is often our expectation. Um, like, your dirty laundry is just sort of out there. Like, your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, your husband, like they, like, they know what you're going through. And sometimes our dependence can be on other people to heal us. When we truly need to go to God, right? And so I believe that in this season, in this season, we need to begin to ask God to heal us from things that we don't even know, right? Stuff that's maybe subconsciously that we need to be that we need to be healed from stuff that you don't even think about, but like you might get you might like feel a little ping of anxiety, or you might have maybe stuff like fear of men, but whatever it is that's laying beneath the surface, just asking God for healing for that, right? Because you deserve to be healed. This isn't even just preparation for a relationship, right? It's, that's not, it's not what it's about. It's about the, you deserve to be healed. And God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. And your healing is prophesied and declared in the scriptures. The Bible says that by his stripes... By God's stripes means by his whips, by his lashes, right? You are healed. That's not just a a quote that Christians say. I used to wonder before I was saved, why do Christians say that? But it's like, no, by what Jesus did on the cross, by his stripes and whips, by the torture that God went through, we can be healed. Your healing is your inheritance, my friends. And I pray that you begin to receive that and to walk in that. I think that sometimes, especially for women, um, we f- make it our responsibility to make people find value and beauty in us. But that's actually not our job. It is not your responsibility to make somebody find value and beauty in you. You, like, the, the crave, for validation, that can, that can be the same, it can be rooted in that, it can also be separate, but there's a crave for validation sometimes, and it's not only just women, and I think that we need to sort of let go of that, and trust that if somebody's not interested in you, that's okay, you know, then, like, they're, that's just not meant to be, right, like, we, people have free will, and if, like, they're not, if you're not vibing with them, if they're not rocking with you, like, that's okay. Because you are beautiful, you are valuable, you are incredible, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. If nobody has told you that you're beautiful lately, I want to tell you right now, you're beautiful. A lot of people, sometimes we hear people tell us that we're beautiful, but you're looking for that one person. You're looking for that one person to just validate you, right? And then you'll be secure, and then you'll love yourself. But it's like, you... You need to love yourself enough, my friends, to know that you are beautiful in the eyes of God. And one day, and again, maybe even today, the right person and the right people will think that you're beautiful. And if somebody doesn't, then you're just not for them, and that's okay. Cause I know, like, sometimes some of my friends are like, "Oh, this guy's so cute," you know. And I'm just, like, I don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, like everyone sees it. but I'm like, I don't see it. You know what I mean? Like. You're not for everybody. Everybody's not for you. So, I hope that helps. Okay, so let's talk about what it's like when you're on a cusp, like when you're about to enter that relationship, when you're about to enter that season, when you feel like, you know, okay, I feel like it's time. I just want to share a couple things that I've heard from Mary Woman. That I learned on my own, that I've read biblically. So in Genesis 24, in Genesis 24, God sent the angel before the servant to meet Rebecca. Now, y'all, I'm not saying that, okay, well, in San Francisco, we have no, we have no like pond, we have no like, you know, wells, but we do have like, fountain so i'm not saying i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to a fountain and be like okay lord send me my angel then send me some like then send me a representative of my future husband like like i'm not saying it's gonna be like that but what i'm saying is that god will give you divine indications that you're about to enter that season maybe um or that you're gonna meet that person maybe he'll tell you who it is maybe he'll maybe you'll start feeling you know what like I don't know why, but I just, like, want to start taking care of myself better. I want to learn how to cook. I want to I start, I want to get a new car. I want to pick up a second job. Um, just God, God will start to put stuff on your heart and speak to you certain things, and that's how you know you're entering that season. And not everybody finds out that way, but I think for most people, it's a shift in your heart posture or you start you begin to hear things from the Lord about that um, I remember that God told me he said, Amina you need to stop brother zoning every guy that you meet and that gave me so much conviction that literally like you do so not expect to hear these these things from God and I was like, oh my gosh and then I thought about it and I'm like every single Christian man, that is in my life, I have brother zoned, I, like, like, literally, and, and, and God just gave me a vision of me just dapping, like, these Christian men up, and I'm I'm like, wow, that's not very much, like, dapping guys up isn't very Proverbs 31, dignity and grace of me, but I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's so true, like, I just keep on brother zoning guys, like, What if my brothers are my future husband? Like, I was like, oh my gosh. But I, I, I have peace in knowing that, like, you know, I think that was just something that I should know for the future. But God just reminded me. He's like, hey, like, God will just tell you little things that you need to do. And you'll just know it's the Holy Spirit because you feel peace in the voice. And sometimes it brings a little bit of conviction, like how it did for me. It says, Wives... This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church, without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as christ cares for the church and we are members of his body i just want to highlight where it says ladies submit to your husbands as unto the lord so let's just pause for a second like a um and think about this so in my mind what really stuck out was as unto the Lord. And this implies that you already know how to submit to the Lord. It doesn't say submit to your husband as you do unto your elders, as you do unto your church leaders, as unto your parents. It says as unto the Lord, right? And this just yeah, so you have a history of submission to the Lord. God can just pull up a resume and be like, okay, she's submissive to me, which means she can now submit to her husband. Because God wants good stewards. And men, don't think we're going to forget you. Men, love your wife like how Jesus loved the church more than his own body. Okay? And gave himself for her. If you're not ready to do that, ladies, if you couldn't see your man doing that, he's not ready to be in a relationship. You're not ready to be in a relationship. Because the thing is, we date to marry us Christians. And I, like, like if you're a man and you, maybe you're really selfish and um, you have a hard time just sacrificing, like, you know, sacrificing yourself for others, and, you know, you, you're really self-centered, or you're, you're not loving, and it's like, I think you need to deal with those things before you get into a relationship, because then you're not setting yourself up for a successful marriage. Okay, this next thing is a little bit convicting, But let's talk about the idolatry of relationships. People can often be dependent on or worship the idea of a relationship to fill the void of our loneliness, right? Or to take away from that shame of being single when all of your friends are in relationships. But relationship idolatry begins in your heart and it persists through the belief that a person can satisfy you more than God and then you begin to go to a person for things that you know only God can give you. You probably might begin to attract the wrong people because if you start to idolize someone, a lot of men of God might be a little uncomfortable with that. When you start to go to them more than you're going to God, but men who are maybe prideful or dealing with a lot of rejection, they like that. And and they like to be fulfilled. They, they, they like you to, you know, chase them like that. So you're therefore attracting the wrong men. So we need to check our idolatry. And you just have to be so secure in your foundation with God. Not even in terms of being in a relationship, but in life, because you have to ask yourself, what? is my foundation in our foundation has to be in something that is so firm that when everything else goes away it will stay and it can withstand anything that will come your way when you yield your life to the holy spirit and submit to his perfect timing and plans and pursue intimacy with god he will carry you into all that he has for you Because he knows that he can trust you as a good steward. And he knows that he will be at the center of it. When you're single, you need to be revolving your entire life around God. And instead of bringing strongholds into your marriage... Instead of bringing, bringing strongholds into your future family, you're gonna be bringing, you're gonna be bringing generational blessings. Like, it's kinda funny, but I was asking God, you know, for a while, like, God, you know, so you're a man, so where's my man, where's my man, where's my man, I'm going to church, no one there is, is interesting to me, like, like, God, like, you know, who, who, where, where, and then He kind of opened up my eyes to the fact that I'm not like, the best version of myself that I want to be. There's just some things that I want to work on before I get into a relationship. And, like, I, you just want to walk into that season that God has for you. You're not, not even perfect, but just, like, better. Just good. Just complete. Just fully satisfied in the Lord physically, mentally, spiritually, good. I'm like Lord, I want to feel good in myself, spiritually, Lord, mentally. I want physically. I'm like, okay, I want to dress better. Okay, I want to get my nails done more often. Okay, I want to read my Bible for forty-five minutes a day. Like, I want to carry good habits. I want to get out of my financial debt, or I want to, you know, buy a car. You know, like. Your life doesn't start when you get married. Your life doesn't start when you have a boyfriend. I believe that in your single years or single season, it's important for you to begin to grow a dependence um, and trust in God that you didn't have before. I believe that you should be praying more than you did before, that you should be fasting more than you did before, that you should be reading your Bible more, more and more and more because you have the time, right? And I... I think that we should continue to grow, men and women, um, on how, on learning to submit to God's will, um, and submission isn't just something for women, right? It says women submit to your, submit to your husbands, right? But the husband is supposed to be submitted to God. The husband is supposed to be submitted under leadership and authority, right? Because the husband is supposed to hear from the Lord things for your family, Right? And he is supposed to be the covering. So, let um, we see the perfect um, example of male submission in Mark. And Jesus says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Rem- remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. In other, in other translations they say, Not let, not my will be done, but your will be done, Father. So it's like, I I always pray that, like, God, let not my will be done, but your will be done. Because you know, Lord, that I have a list of things that I want in a man. But you know what I need. Because we can see somebody and we might think that, oh, this is a great person for me. Like, look at him. Like, oh my gosh. Like, and the thing is that God... God looks at and searches the heart. For example, look at first Samuel 16 through 7. Samuel almost uh, this wise man of God almost anointed the wrong king. First Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't look at how handsome Eliab or how t- is or how tall he is. Because I have not chosen him. God does not see the same way people see. People look at the outside of a person, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's me banging my desk, for those of you listening on Spotify. So good, y'all. So good. And I do believe that we have free will in this. But me personally, I'd rather have somebody that the Lord made for me than just like, you know... I don't know, just choose a guy Um, and Like, I, I just, I would bring Someone to God and just said, You know, like, God, I could just really see This, you know, and submit my desires Before the Lord And pray the prayer You already know, the Christian prayer Lord, if this man, God, if this man Is not the man that's for me Please remove him, and God He wouldn't, the man wouldn't even walk out A lot of, ta- a lot of the time, or all the time God would just I would just sort of lose feelings or like be disinterested um or just like the conversation would just kind of like you know dwindle down and then I just would stop like I would you know politely like stop really like showing interest I don't believe that I don't believe in the whole um modern day society thing of like oh you know I'm gonna try to play hard to get and get chased like you know what Y'all oh, man. Okay, I was in high school too. I I did the Snapchat stuff too. But like here's the thing. Nobody that no one wants you like that. Like, uh ladies, ladies. In Christ we're a new cre we in Christ we are a new creation. You know? We renewed our mind. Let's just leave that in the past because nobody like the thing is, don't be desperate. No one likes someone who's desperate, but nobody likes somebody who's leaving you on red for a day. You know what I mean? Like that's just gonna just dis- that's gonna disinterest anyone, especially a man of God. Okay, I just want to speak to everybody for a sec. The people who may believe in God and the people who don't. This applies to both of you. Getting in a relationship is not the solution to loneliness. Relationships only reveal the loneliness lurking within us. It'll either expose it or just make it worse. And let's face it, y'all. People are unpredictable. And nobody is going to be able to fully fill that void. And contrary to belief... Of most single people, our personal problems that we have don't vanish when we get into a relationship. And we come to marriage or we come into a relationship with all of these preconceived ideas and that's that's one of them. A person cannot solve your loneliness issue. For a season of my life, God checked me and com- convicted me of this. But I thought that my life was on hold because I was single, and God revealed to me just how wrong that mindset is. First Corinthians seven talks about how it's even better to stay single. And I'm not saying I might say, I was—I read that. I was like, "Who me, Lord? Who me? Like I—I want to get married, <laughs> but." But that just proves that your life is not on hold until you get in a relationship. Because if you have that mindset of, okay, my life is on hold until I get to this next level. And a lot of people think that because God hasn't brought them their spouse yet, that, you know, they're missing something that they need at this very moment. But... We have to go back to Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. And you know what? Psalm 23 and John 10. Both point at the fact that. Not only is God a shepherd. Not only do we have a shepherd. But we have a good shepherd. We have a good shepherd and a good father. And good sheep lack absolutely nothing. And. Luke 119 through13 says, "And so I tell you, keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? But how much more will God give us what we need? How much more will God provide for us exactly what He knows that we need when we need it? Because the thing is that my God... Is a shepherd. My life isn't in my own hands. I lack absolutely nothing. I love this one song that goes If he watches over every sparrow, how much more would he love you? How much more would he clothe you? That might be a little bit. Off the lyrics but you get the point like if God watches over every sparrow if he clothes every flower so beautifully how much more would he love you how much more would he clothe you God knows exactly what you need and he will provide it to you at the right time sometimes I've put my hope or my faith in the wrong people even at this place of peace where I'm like not really looking for anyone right now like God Like, maybe I'll think, oh, maybe, like, this is the person for me. Like, like, I feel like this is the person, like, you know, like, I, I think this is gonna, this is the one. And the Lord will just remind me, hey, Amina, like, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And I love the fact that it's like, it's not even our timing. And one thing about our God is that he always comes through. Okay. Let's talk about dating and purity. So I'm sure every single person listening to this podcast knows that fornication is wrong. Whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, it's just a principle it's a principal part of the Christian faith that we're not supposed to have sex before marriage. Um, and if you are a Christian and you believe that, just read the Bible, my friend, and it will show you how. How distasteful, how distasteful it is to God. It even says that those people cannot, you know, inherit the kingdom of heaven. But I'm not here to shame anybody. I'm not here to make anyone feel uncomfortable. I also want to say something that a lot of people, um, this, this might free some people, some people tonight, but, um, I want to remind you that the Bible says that in Christ, you're a new creation. So, Maybe before you were saved, you fornicated. Maybe before you were saved, you did stuff that you know was wrong. Um, but the thing is, when you're when you're born again, when you're saved, you can all of that stuff. And when you when you repented and asked for forgiveness and you've forgiven others, literally all of that stuff is in your past. You're a new creation. That stuff is behind you. You're not who you used to be. You're a new creature now it's like you're a new person Uh, I love how um, in the MSG version it talks about Romans 8 when you've been baptized it says basically you left your old country and now you're in a new country you've you've left your old past and now and now you're you're a new creature and even if maybe you are a Christian and you're and you're fornicating right now and you know what's wrong you can make consciously make the decision to stop do it, to stop doing it, you know, repent and, and, and ask the Lord for his forgiveness and forgive others. God will forgive you and God will forget. And of course it's important for us to not take advantage of that forgiveness. But what that means is you could have a chance at, you you could have a clean slate right now. You know, it's not like, okay, well, I already got a shot and I missed it. God, God, God is a, come on do it again. God, get back on your feet. God, right? So, I just want to give a message for anybody out there who is, you know, in fornication right now and who feels shame and guilt about it. Maybe you're a Christian and you're listening to this. I want to let you know that you can come back to God and that you can give back to God and God will give you the self-control because that is temptation. And God will give you the, te- the, the power to be able to flee from that and to overcome that battle. The Bible recognizes that temptation with, you know, to be able to, um, like, fornicate is tough. And it's tempting, right? But that's why it tells us to flee from it. Flee from fornication. F- like, flee from pornography. Like, literally, like, I know people who said that they literally, like, like, left their house and just ran around. Like, because they wanted to watch pornography. Like, f- literally flee like Joseph. Like, like, hey... And sometimes there's Christians who are making excuses while fornicating. Like, you know, like we're both Christian and we'll get married one day and then we'll repent. But that's so wrong, right? It's like, how can you ask God to bless something that you just, that you're not getting a place in? Maybe you're saying, God, we want you in it. We'll even get married in a church but it's like God wants to be at the center of it. I don't know if you guys paid attention to that little trend. You know what Instagram? Like you see the same like reels over and over again. And it's like the don't only eat on Sundays or else you'll starve. Like, you know, there is one and it was like, um, maybe I just spend too much time on Instagram reels. That's why I see them over and over again. Whatever. But there is this one and it was saying that like um, girl, you're the missing rib, like, Adam will find you, like, don't worry, like, and I saw that, like, again, and again, and again, and again, and again, so let's just talk about that balance in a relationship, right, I do not believe that women should pursue men, I think that women can, that I, what I believe is that women invite and men pursue, right, right, like, no one, no man wants to be, like, you know, pursuing a wall. Like, he's not getting anything back. Like, that's just going to disinterest them and make them feel rejected, right? But our role is to invite, and their role is to pursue. Just look at Ruth and Boaz, right? She came to Boaz, and she sort of extended the invitation. But then it was his role to pursue her. That doesn't mean that you're always the one who's inviting him out. But what that means is, is that... Like, like when, like when he's, you know, like making effort and putting an effort, like you reciprocate that and you show that you're interested or else, how are they supposed to know? Again, leave the games. Leave the games with you. Even if you're still, you know, you're a Christian playing, playing those games, leave them in, leave it, leave that in yesterday, okay? Because today we know. That you're not gonna get the right men that way. You're not gonna get the right mem- the right men with playing games. So the ma- the male, the men, <laughs> the man's role is to pursue, and the woman's role is to invite. You're you're being an inviting presence. You're being open. You're making sure that he knows that you know, like, you're available. That you're like that. You're interested in him. Like you're like you're still, you know, you still are, you know, keeping yourself like classy, but you're making sure that he knows that you're interested and you allow yourself to be pursued, but you also reciprocate, you know, the effort back. And the thing is, God doesn't create things, God doesn't initiate things with a will and without instructions, just like in Genesis 1 27 to 28, God gave us instructions to give His creation instructions to be fruitful and multiply. So He will give you instructions when it's the right time. Okay, you guys, closing remarks. So I remember. um, a few months ago when I was thinking about relationships and I was thinking about, you know, like getting a boyfriend and, you know, all of that. And I was in a season I was talking to all these guys. I was talking to, no, not all these guys. I was talking to some guys who I was interested in. And, um, I just remember the Lord just like putting on my heart and reminding me like, and I asked myself, I was like, Am I really ready to be in a relationship right now? Now, here's the thing. We don't know when we're truly ready. And I don't think that anyone can like actually go into a relationship completely perfect, 100% whole, satisfied. Maybe they can. But most people still are going to have some stuff to work on, right? But I want to go in a relationship stronghold-free, healed, healthy, and completely dependent on God. I don't want to be a burden on anyone else. I know that, you know, you you share your troubles in a marriage and in any relationship, but I don't want to bring an unnecessary weight to the table. I don't want to put stress on my future husband and, you know, put stuff on him that should only be given to God. Um, so for those of you who are believing for a relationship right now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be in a relationship. I want you to know that you are whole and complete right now. You are whole and complete as you are right now. And you don't need anybody else. There's nothing wrong with desiring for it or praying for it, but you don't need that. Your destiny is not being delayed. Your life is not on pause. It's just getting started. And when you are single, you should use that as a time to better yourself, to get closer to God And to grow in every way possible, pursue those things that you always wanted to do. Learn that new language. Volunteer at your church. Make those friends that you want to do life with. Because you're not always going to have that much time. One day, you're going to have to take care of somebody. One day, you're going to have to split up your time, right? One day, you're going to have kids. So, honestly, value and cherish singleness, for the gift and blessing that it is. Read books about dating. Read books about marriage. Don't just research stuff on the, on the season that you're in right now, right? Because we have to pack before we go on vacation. So learn about a married life. Learn about dating. Learn about it all. So you'll be extra prepared when the day comes. Talk to married people in your church. If you have a maybe some elders in your church who have been married for a while or a trusted couple who's been married for, like, at least, like, I'd say 10 years, ask them about marriage. Ask them about dating. And just keep on learning, you know, know the facts, like, you know, men men need respect, women need love, right? Read those books. Learn about that. I'd encourage you to just, Expand your brain and your consciousness and what you know during this, during this time, right? Chase after and pursue things and continue to grow closer to the Lord. And I want to pray for those who have been battling with purity, who want to d- rededicate their, their bodies to Christ, who struggle with fornication and pornography, um, But specifically for those who are just battling and having a hard time with purity and condemnation, Lord, I just thank you for every single person, God, on the opposite side of the screen. screen. God, I just pray that the spirit of condemnation will just come off of them, Lord. You know that your word says that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. God, I just pray just peace over their minds, and I just pray for for an increased, Lord, in self-control, God, I pray that they will go to you, Lord, as, as their well, Lord. That they will go to you, God, for everything that they need, Lord. That nothing completes them, that, that their past doesn't define them, Lord. Even yesterday, even if you did something yesterday, it doesn't define you. You can go to the Lord and be washed clean. So, Lord, I just pray, God, over them, God, just that the condemnation will leave. And I pray that they will just come back, Lord, and create clean hearts in them, Lord. Wash their hands and renew loyal spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank y'all, for listening to Holy Girl University. Stay blessed.